Welcome to another episode of Sloppy Exchange. On today's show, we're going to talk about some blowouts at national parks. We're going to have today's What the Fact. It's a story about a tiny traffic cone. And we're going to talk about horribly executed surprises, and we'll close with some parting shots. I am Mr. James Westfall. Across the table from me is Dr. Kenneth Noisewater. Dr. Ken, take it away. Oh, James, always a pleasure. So uh, today I thought we could talk about uh, national parks. If you are around one of our many, many beautiful national parks, monuments, check them out. They're, they're worth it. I want to tell a story. Many, many years ago in a, a land far away in, in Washington, D.C. at the Smithsonian uh, American History Museum, we were walking through the United States at war exhibit. My wife uh, actually was in D.C. for a conference. My son at the time was about eight or nine weeks old. And so since his source of food was going to D.C., we had to go with. Uh, and so we got to go to D.C. My wife had to go to the conference all day long, and we got to check everything out. It was awesome. It was it was one of the best mini vacations I, I've gotten to take. But this particular moment of the trip was a little interesting. So I have my son on my chest in one of those little carriers and he's, he's facing outward, and he's awake, and, and I'm walking through different exhibits, and he looks at things and doesn't. I mean, I don't know what a nine-week-old does. Who cares, right? right? He's there on my chest, and he's happy for the most part. So for those of you who haven't been there, if you go to the, the U.S. at War exhibit, it begins actually pre-Revolutionary War and goes all the way through to the, the modern-day global war on terror. And you have to walk this kind of serpentine thing through all of it, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we've made it through uh, the Revolutionary War, and we, we get to the War of 1812, and we're at the very beginning of it, and I'm reading some you know really interesting facts about history, mm-hmm. when suddenly my son drops the Moab, <laughs> the mother of all bombs. <laughs> so here's this tiny little 10-pound human on my chest that suddenly just rumbles. Doubled in size and weight. Oh, and it just, I mean, it's rank. It comes up, it hits me in the fit. The smell is awful. And I'm like, I got to get the heck out of here. Well, you got to go through the entire exhibit. Yeah. And I don't know if you know this, but the United States, we love our fucking wars. <laughs> there are a lot of wars to go through. And so I'm in mean, the war of 1812. I got to get through civil war, world war, Indian wars. And blah, blah. Finally get out. And I get to the bathroom there, and, and he's on me, and I just feel it's so warm on my chest, and it's starting to get, it's rank. And I get him in, and I get the little, you know, thing off me, and I get him on the koala changing table, and I got him strapped in, and I'm just pulling, I'm pulling everything off. I mean, the shit has come up and out of the diaper, through the onesie, down the legs, in his pants, in his socks. No article of clothing on this kid is spared, and the little baby Bjorn thing I'm wearing is foul. Just done, right? Like- done. Right. And we're almost where we were staying, our hotel, like on the mall where we were, we were about as far away as we could get. So Mm -hmm. I'm just like, God, this sucks. (laughs) So here's my son, nine, 10 weeks old, button naked, (laughs) strapped down to the, the baby changing table. And I'm around the corner in the sink trying to wash his poop out of his clothes so I don't have to carry poop clothes with me. I hear the door open. And the first thing I hear is, oh, shit, son, we're going to be famous. <laughs> Two custodians walk in and just see a naked baby yeah. left alone on a changing okay. table and think, we just found a baby. Yeah. Like, oh, like, oh, he's mine. He's mine. <laughs> so I get them all dressed up. The only thing I didn't have in my diaper bag, being a first-time dad, you know, you don't know what to have and what not to have. I had everything. I was actually really well-prepared other than socks. Mm. I, I never would have occurred to, occurred to me that my kid could shit his socks. <laughs> 
So I have, you know, the little, the, the diaper bag had like this little thing with bags on it, much like you would use to pick up your dog crap. Yeah, yeah. And so I have all his clothes in these bags and we walked back and there was like a CVS or a Walgreens or something and I bought like detergent and OxyClean and I'm soaking his clothes in the garbage can in our bathroom. And yeah, that's my, uh. My War of 1812 bomb dropping at the Smithsonian. I've never been to that particular part of the Smithsonian. So as you're snaking through the rest of this exhibit then, are there lots of people oh, standing around solemnly looking at all the displays oh, and information? Yeah. And they're probably just thinking, like, who's this asshole just speeding through, through here? Right? With a cloud yeah. of shit smell. Yeah, like, <laughs> he's not even taking a chance to enjoy it and right? soak it in, right? Yeah. I, I have no clue if they were giving me dirty looks or not. Right. I just I knew it was bad. You know, he, even being a new dad, I just knew I could feel on my chest the rumble like that wasn't good (laughs) bad things were happening yeah well we had a similar story we were at uh in dc it's something that probably like it was never on my list of like i need to go Mm -hmm. to washington dc uh but we probably went three or four times over the number of years that we lived out that way and it's something that i'm absolutely glad that i did and i feel like everybody should do it at least once right just because no matter what your political leanings are it's easy at various points to get sort of down on the on the government or down on just the country and i was shocked at the sort of swell of pride and patriotism i felt the first time in particular that i went and just looked at all the monuments and looked at you know the smithsonian and you cannot go to ford's theater and not feel something Mm -hmm. right like this is where that all went down you know so and it grounds it for you right you every one of us have read all these stories in our history books in school but here's a chance to actually see yeah Yeah. totally couldn't agree more we were there one time with my parents my wife my daughter and i and my daughter was less than one i would say a little older than your son was when he had his blowout but we were walking on the national Mall, as many other areas where lots of people go, there are a shit ton of souvenir shops and like, you know, it's sort of like spring break with the t-shirts and the mm-hmm. tie-dye and everything all around that area. And we got lucky because uh, my daughter, who was in her stroller at the time, she had just been pounding strawberries all day. And just at one point, something went sideways and her body said enough. It's not an allergic thing or whatever, but her body just said enough. Nope. Got to get rid of these. And they came out the front side but she just hosed down there was a little tray in the front of her stroller that comes across you know that thing was just filled with strawberry goo all down her front you know and I think my dad was walking in front of her and she even hit like the back of his shoes or something (laughs) like it was just a girl it was projectile okay Mm. so yes we had to you know what the fuck? You know, like, it's like blood and yeah. chunks. And now it was nice. It was nice weather. It was kind of summertime. I do remember that. Or, you know, it wasn't winter anyways. So we were able to just sort of yank her out of the stroller, get everything, you know, sort of separate. So you see what the damage really is. What gotta, did she hit? Yeah, yeah. You gotta, you know, have an assessment. And then, you know, for us, it just became, all right, we're going to pitch this, pitch this, pitch this. And you're going to get your little Washington DC t-shirt from this vendor right over here. You're going to go home in that. And then, uh, We managed to get out of it without a whole lot of headache, but... um Yes, something. I think maybe our children were so moved they were by so the moved. experience of being in our nation's capital that their bodies could literally not contain the pride and excitement. Bowel-shaking earthquakes of pride. <laughs> exactly it, right. Something so, moved in them, and it had to come out. I don't often pat myself on the back as a father, but this is one where I'm going to say, 
great job, me, because you're obviously raising a you're true doing patriot, it right. right? Yeah, right. I mean, it was red. Was there any white or blue? In no, her? but no, yeah, it was. Yeah. Re- it, like to someone who would just be walking by, right? It's like, like her guts, oh shit, literally. this person's inside is now coming out of right? them because it's just red and chummy, right? Chunky, <laughs> chunky strawberry puke. Yeah, it's gotta. Yeah, if you didn't know that was what it was, that would be pretty scary. Uh, yeah, and the good news is, is she was not put off strawberries and continues to consume them to this day. Next topic, Dr. Ken's got today's What the Fact. What the Fact. Today's What the Fact comes to us from beautiful Preston, England. A 47-year-old man from Preston was referred to a respiratory clinic after having a cough for over a year. Medics suspected that the patient, a long-term smoker, had a a tumor which scans showed in his lungs. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. However... When they went in to remove the mass, it wasn't what they thought it was. A report in the British Medical Journal said that the postman told doctors he regularly played with his toy, his Playmobil toys as a child, but on one occasion, he believes he had hailed a tiny piece. He did not report any ill effects for decades, and doctors said until the persistent cough caused him to seek medical advice. Because the man was so young when he inhaled the toy, his airway may have been able to remodel and adapt to the presence of a foreign body. It's not unusual for children to inhale small toys, but in this case, it's weird for symptoms to take so long to show up. Four months after uh, this first appeared, they finally went in with a bronchioscope and found a small orange mass. And as they pulled it out, the slightly blackened, one-inch-long Playmobil traffic cone (laughs) came to light. The man has no memory of his swallowing it, putting it in his mouth, but he said, like all kids, I put my toys in my mouth, and well, you know what happens. (laughs) So there you go. Baby, it is not a tumor. Playmobil plastic, 40 years in a lung. You go, Playmobil. I hope that Playmobil reached out to this guy and sent him like a new playset or they something, should. right? They should. The pictures of it are pretty gross looking. It's it's orange, but it's mostly black for yeah. living in a smoker's lung yeah. for yeah, oh, that foul. long. Yeah. When I was a kid, our family doctor, who was just this, you know, kind of small town general practitioner, went to him for everything. And I remember one time I was going there and I was probably in junior high at the time and back in the back room, which he hardly ever went to the back back room. That's where like Mm -hmm. he would even do like sort of minor procedures Mm -hmm. and stuff in his office. If you needed a wart burned off or, you know, whatever. One time I was there and he had a board, like a cork board on the one wall. And it had just a litany of weird shit in there, odds and ends, like tacked up to this board. And I asked him one time, like, what is all that stuff? What, you know, like, cause I just couldn't, like nothing linked it all together in my, you know, pubescent mind. And he just said, well, that's all the stuff I've ever taken out of people. <laughs> I was just like, are you, what? And so, you know, he says, well, you're getting older now. That's a nine iron. <laughs> he, said, he said, you're getting older now. You'll understand some of this. So there were like numerous, numerous ballpoint pens now, what do you think people use ballpoint pens for in the pre-Viagra days? He took those out of men's... I don't know if it was the same guy who was a repeat offender. The whole pen or the just the entire part? pen as an effort to, you know... Mechanically stiffen Willie. Yes, because... Like you know, up the urethra. Science hadn't caught up yet, so... Holy there Mary, was, mother of God. When I was a kid, we had these... Uh, they, it was candy, 
and it came in plastic containers that were shaped like fruits. Uh-huh. There was a little yep. bunch of yep. grapes, yep. Yep. a little, yep. you know, and so the powder inside was flavored like that. Whatever the, in theory, yeah, I remember, it yeah. all was just sweet. Sugar. Yeah. But there was one that was like a little bunch of grapes. He had one of those tacked up there. Somebody jammed that up their ass for fun and couldn't get it back out. You know, you know? that's the thing I don't get about jamming sh- stuff up your ass and not getting it out. If you wait long enough, it will come it out. It will come out. I, I assure you. Right. Right. Like there's going to be enough pressure built up there that it's going to come rocketing out your toilet. Bowl. And like so a part of me, you know, he's long since no longer practicing. And, you know, Why part, of, be dead? part of me sort of laments the fact that that's you know and maybe it still exists but you know with with the way healthcare is and everything like that doesn't exist anymore that little board yeah the board you go to you go to the hospital for everything or you go to a specialist or you go to this you just you don't go to dr z's office and have him yank the pen out of your dick again you know because I, it, it, honest to God, if I had to have a pen yanked out of my dick, I can't imagine <laughs> steps one through 20 to get to that point. But if it got to that point, I'm not going to Dr. Z, my dog. I'm driving two hours to three counties away. You got to pen that, your dick, though. To that you don't I don't care. I got to look at these people. They're going to be like, you're pen dick. You know, I don't want that. I will tell you that there is little to no chance that that person was completely anesthetized. I think maybe just a well, local, but it's not like he could put people no, under there. Rip it and rip it. There was <laughs> yeah, no right. it, yeah, stupidity should be painful. Bite on this. It's going to hurt. Right? Yeah. Like, so, yeah. And it reminds, I don't know which jackass movie it was. One, two, three, whatever, where they stuck the matchbox car up their ass and then went to get an x-ray. <laughs> and the reaction of the doctor was just hilarious, yeah. right? Like, there's a toy car up there, and like, you know I, I can't remember if it was Johnny Knoxville or Steve O or who did it. it. No, it was uh, Don. Yeah, I and think. he just looks at him and goes, well, "How do you think that got there?" And the doctor just looks at him and goes, "I think you stuck, you stuck it, up it up there." there. <laughs> you sure as hell didn't eat it, right? So, oh. yeah, hilarious. Well, so um, so weird things in and out of your body. Uh, when we were little, Uncle Danny got a hunk of like couch cushion foam uh-huh. up his nose okay and as he tried to dig it out uh, it didn't work and it just pushed up more and more and then so then he freaks uh-huh. just freaks out right like in a horrible panic and so my mom's trying with like tweezers <laughs> and all this. so she calls and i don't remember i mean i'm guessing 911 was a thing back then but she called some emergency number yeah. and they told her put your hand <laughs> over his mouth shove a turkey baster up the other nostril and squeeze. <laughs> and it shot out of that nostril like a what? rocket. <laughs> I don't know if that would be the advice they would give today. I don't know. Are you? Yeah, well, I was just yeah. thinking, you know, small town Wisconsin. She probably called the local bar. Right? She might have. Well, the local bar was literally next door. So, That's what I yeah. just run next door. Yeah. Is there a doctor in the house? Anybody know how to get someone out of the nose? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so any, I, I had a friend stuck in a racer. I think everybody had this friend, right? It's like sort of in urban legend, but not. my. You know, it's sitting in school, jammed a pencil in their ear, digging around, and the eraser it broke off, off and yeah. got stuck in there. And then, you know, they got a dig it out or whatever you do. It's just amazing, right? Like, I don't know. I don't have a red crayon. I ate it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. uh, so, all right, good. So don't, don't put things into your body that yeah. shouldn't go there. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, that, that I think is the lesson for this. Uh, what the fact, what the fact. All right. Good one, Dr. Ken. Thank you. Our next uh, segment today, we're going to talk about horribly executed surprises. And I'm a little intrigued here because when we came up with this topic, Dr. Ken said, oh, I've got one. I've oh, got a good one. So I got a really good one. This one, this one almost ended my marriage. 
Okay. So uh, for my engagement ring the, that I bought my, my beautiful bride, um, I had to go to uh, a little place in my hometown, Dan's L&L. Mm-hmm. You know, got a little pawn shop ring. Uh, it was what I could afford. Yeah. You know, they, they say two months salary. Yep. And so at the time it was $27, which was two months salary. <laughs> Very good. Uh, anyway, so it was, it was just this diamond solitaire, fairly decent sized, nice diamond, but nothing, nothing to it. Yep. Um, Fast forward a few years, and some of the little prongs, I don't think that's the correct jeweler's term, but what, the little metal pieces on the ring that hold the diamond in, yep. there were probably eight of them, yep. and like two of them at this point had broken off, and one of them wasn't actually touching the diamond anymore, and my wife was very worried about losing her diamond. So I decided for our fifth anniversary, I was going to take her ring and have that diamond removed and be made the centerpiece of one of those three stone yeah. rings. Yep. You know, it was a, it was, a, it wasn't, you know, a tiny thing. It was a nice diamond. Yeah. So it looked, it looked nice. Yep. My wife likes to take her rings off when she goes to the gym and she mm-hmm. leaves them on the, on the nightstand or on the dresser or wherever. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, this would be really easy. I'll be able to be able to snag it. No, no problem. And so one day she left her ring and she forgot to put it back on and it was perfect. So mm-hmm. I went took it out, had the jeweler, did all that stuff, and I got home. And, and the next morning before I left, I moved her ring uh, from the nightstand and put it on the floor. Mm-hmm. So she picked it up off the floor, put it on, didn't think anything of it, and an hour later— Was that like your hiding spot? Like no, I, gonna... I thought it would just make her think like it fell, okay. and the diamond fell out. Oh, this was my— I see. Okay. You yeah. Know, this, so, was, this was— there was Intricate. There was, right. This is intricate. I told a few friends and family members about it, to which everyone I told, all women, said— it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Don't do it. <laughs> but I didn't listen. And no, so I, I wanted you? her yeah, I wanted her to think like it had fallen, the diamond fell out. Yeah. Right? So so I get a call, a frantic phone call on my way into work. So she had put the ring on and didn't notice, finished getting ready, and as she was putting her sweater on, the ring caught uh-huh. on the inside of the sweater, because where it was a smooth diamond is yeah. now just these metal hooks. So I get this bawling phone call from her, and I said, babe, don't, wh- where was it? Right? I'm mm-hmm. trying to play calm. Like, well, where was the ring? Where was it? it was on the floor. Said, it must have fallen. It popped out. We'll find it. Worst case scenario, we'll vacuum the whole floor, and I'll just go through the vacuum. It, it's there. Yeah. We'll find it. Don't worry. Don't worry. So she spends the entire day, nervous wreck, gets home from work, wants to vacuum the bedroom to find it, and like, she's looking. So I said, listen, you know, it's not the end of the world. You know, let's just go to the jeweler. So we walk into the jeweler, and the guy's like, oh, you know, I was expecting you tomorrow. Hey, you know. <laughs> so he pulls out the ring, and he goes, well, what do you think? Uh-huh. And she's looking at it. She goes, well, it's beautiful, but I just need a diamond for mine. He goes, no, that is your diamond, right? <laughs> yeah, so it, yeah, the yeah. whole thing kind of unravels. And, and instead of it being like this, oh, I, I got you this new yeah. engagement ring, so you could, you know, we got a little bit more money. It's it's yeah. nicer. You could yeah. show off a little. She was pissed. <laughs> was she, she was. Oh, she was start? she pissed like instantly in the store, or did she nod both, and no, go glazed I mean, and was, then unload on you in the car? It was a little bit of both, yeah. right? But I mean, she like you know, how did you let me go all day thinking I lost <laughs> yeah. my diamond? Blah, 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 blah. Right, and here I'm thinking, like, I just came up with the best. Like, no yeah. one is ever going to come up with a better fifth anniversary present in the history <laughs> of the world than you know this surprise. Uh, yeah, she was pissed. Um, <laughs> You know, I, for 18 hours, my lovely bride believed she had lost her diamond and was devastated, only to find that her jackass husband stole it from her, played this elaborate prank surprise. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if any of you young bucks out there are thinking of messing with your <laughs> wife's engagement ring in any way, shape, or form, tell her up front she'll be just as happy. <laughs> 
it's 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 sweet in a way, right? That it meant so much to her. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Yeah. And that's ultimately what it was: is the ring meant a lot to her, and it didn't matter if it was big, small, whatever. It was from you, and that's that's great, right? Um, would you have had a similar reaction? Have you have you ever lost a wedding ring? Have you ever, you know, twice? Okay, so. So the wedding. And tell me the story, and then tell me emotionally how you were through the whole process. So the the ring I'm wearing right now is my original wedding ring, okay. which was lost for a year. Uh, <laughs> then you went to Doctor Z, got it taken out. I shot. <laughs> No, so uh, we were in Virginia, and the church we went to at the time had they were they were going to build a new church, and so the church offices uh, they bought a farmhouse and a big piece of land, and they were going to build the church on the land. So the farmhouse was acting as the church office, okay, with a pool. Our youth group was the biggest youth group in the county because yeah, we had I a bet. pool. Everybody came over. Well. One day we're in the pool, we're swimming around, and I would always take my ring off beforehand. And usually I took it off right away and I left it in my car. Mm -hmm. uh, so we get done swimming and my ring's not there and it's not in my car. So I go back and I look in the bathroom, it's not in the bathroom. I was messing with the pump, not in the pump. I looked everywhere and it's gone. Looked mm -hmm. everywhere. And I, I mean, I was, I was sad. I was, mm -hmm. was kind of devastated. Um, fast forward about a year, we had moved from Virginia back here to Chicago. Mm -hmm. Uh, I went to a place and, and got a titanium band yeah. ring, and I, I enjoyed that one. I, but, you know, it, it wasn't my wedding ring. Yeah. We got matching bands. Like, they're the yeah. same yeah, wedding yeah. ring, you know, and, and it was kind of devastating that I had lost it, right? Mm -hmm. I felt like a piece of shit. Um, so fast forward a year plus later, we're in Chicago living in Hyde Park, and we are swimming at 57th Street Beach. Uh -huh. And I didn't take my ring off, and we're in the water, and I felt it come off. Come on, yeah. And I'm, I tried to get it, and I lost it. So now here I lost the second wedding ring in like a year, year and a half. Yeah. And I'm, I'm devastated, right? right. And, and I told her, I lost it. <laughs> and she was like, you know what? You got a tattoo on your, wedding, on your ring finger. I'm yeah. not buying you another ring. Just, yeah. just suck it up. That afternoon, I get a phone call from one of the guys from the old church, and he says, hey, does 1228 mean anything to you? I said, yeah, it's my anniversary. How do you know? So I'm pulling the wedding band with your with this date on the inside of it, gold, yellow gold with a white gold middle. <laughs> and I was like, Scott, where did you find it? Well, Scott was a, a scuba diver, and he was he got some new equipment, and so he was testing it out of the pool as they were opening the what? pool for the year. And it was down in the corner, like under a little pile of yeah. sand. Yep. And so he just caught a glint out of the corner of his eye and found my wedding ring right. that had been sitting now for a year and a half on the bottom of this pool. And he gives me a call up and mailed it to me. So a week later, I had my wedding ring back. So uh, it was, yeah, it was kind of devastating to lose it. Yeah. You know, twice. Yeah. I mean, that's great, though, that like, how, how would he even think like, oh, maybe this is, you know. Maybe this is yours. I'll call him and see, you know, right. kind of thing, right? Just, I think he must have been there the day I lost yeah. it or something. Like, but, yeah, to, to have found it was just mind-blowing. Yeah. I found my my wedding ring. Cool. Yeah. All right. You, well, ever, you ever lose your wedding ring? Uh, you know, I yes. I When my wife – my wife never got an engagement ring because I'm – kind of an idiot i guess and our our whole like that's another thing we should do someday is just like stories of our courtships because my wife still gives me shit about my very non-romantic proposal and shit or what yeah and it was not much better than that it was along the lines of well i guess we should just go ahead and do this you know and i'm forever sort of feel bad a little a little badly about that but i'm a pretty good husband so 
I think I'm making up for it. That's the thing. Ladies, would you rather have a really good engagement or right. a really good marriage? Or a really good marriage with some guy who's not going to fucking, you know, cheat on you and me too all over town, you right. know? So I'll, 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 I'll stand on that. Take the lumps on that one. Right. right. So, um, but yeah, so we both went and got matching bands, uh, you know, the white gold and we had those and wore them for a number of years, but I have a wonky pinky on my left hand from just being dislocated a bunch of times and stuff back in the... Back in my high school athlete days, you know, and so nip um, high football rules, <laughs> right? So I never, uh, honestly, anytime I wore it, it would just make that sort of knob that I have on my it liter- pinky literally rubbed you the wrong it way. It rubbed my knob the wrong way, which I didn't think was possible. <laughs> so, uh, and it just like so I, you know, a few years in, I just sort of stopped wearing it. I put it in a jewelry box or something, and now I also went and just got a you know a tattoo. Uh, with her initials on that finger and that should you know send a message you know for anyone um, that I am off the market and so uh, and I love that because that's more sort of me anyways right Um, but you know my wife has her band and actually now that I'm thinking about it she doesn't know where it is I would say probably six months ago she started saying I think my wedding ring's gone like I think it's gone you know and so we, we did look around a little bit. And in the meantime, mine has disappeared too, by the way. So I don't know if slowly but surely our dog, eight-year-old kid is just pawning our shit, you know, and because she knows we're so bad at details. Uh, but yeah, both of ours are basically missing at this point. And she My- swears it was in the car. She takes it off when she goes to the gym, leaves it in the in the cup holder in the car, and it's not there. She and scooped it out with a bunch of change yeah, and gave it to a homeless person. Right. So uh, yeah, no, I don't know. Like, I'm just not... It doesn't, I, I don't need that. So it doesn't really bother me. I, you know, it doesn't mean a lot to me if she doesn't, you know, like, I, like I said, we're, we're in this together at this point, you know, and I mean, we've been fortunate to have, you know, 18 years at this point and, you know, neither of us are going anywhere. So my buddy she Ron, a ring, I'm cool. My buddy Ron, who yeah. you heard about in my last sea story, <laughs> yes. uh, very shortly, like on the order of weeks after he got married, uh, his wife, um, you know, she was not a jealous person, but, you know, she wanted to make sure, like, that's my that's man's, my man's yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, sailors have uh, a bit of a reputation, if you will. <laughs> uh, and so we were out off-roading, and it was, like, this horrible rainy night. And, like, we're in the parking lot at the end of the night, like, cleaning stuff up and getting stuff ready. And, I mean, it is a deluge of rain. And in this river of a parking lot, Ron's wedding ring falls off. And, like, he freaks out because, yeah. you know, he, he knew it wasn't about the ring yeah. for him. It was, was about kidding. his wife yeah. was going to... I mean, there were four or five off-road vehicle full of dudes, like yeah. 10 of us there that all saw it, right? Yeah. So it's not like he was out at the strip club. Yeah, or whatever, yeah. But like he he was like, she's going to kill me. Yeah. She's going to kill me, right? But it, mine was never like, oh my God, she's going to kill me that yeah, I lost. No, no, but it but was, it, yeah, no, no. But the second one, not so much. The second one was more like, you idiot. You lost <laughs> one in a pool and now you're losing another one right. in the lake, you yeah. moron. So somewhere in Lake Michigan is a titanium uh, rig with a little diamond in it that I lost. So one uh, fish gave it to another fish, yeah. and other I'm hap- guessing living your happily rings, ever your after. rings might be in a dog turd too. You know, there's <laughs> a chance there as well. Any, anything is possible. So yeah. So if you have any horribly executed surprises that you'd like to share with us, uh, shoot us an email, sloppyexchange at gmail.com, or hit us up on any of the social medias. Yep, uh, and. That's going to segue nicely into my parting shot for today. I don't like being scared 
I, I mean, like, I, I like, I used to like scary movies a lot, right? As a kid growing up, um, I liked scary movies. Now it's really sad, but I have a hard time watching scary movies and all of this, like, so called torture porn shit that's out there, you know, hostile and stuff like that. Saw. I used to like those kind of movies. And now, now that I've ha- have a kid, I've just gone so soft on that shit because I'm like, everything is. Oh my gosh. That could be mine. What if my daughter were in that situation? It's she's just trying to have a European vacation with friends and you know, the hostel is run by evil people, whatever. So I look at it the other way because I think, oh my god, that could be my son doing it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um so in that sense, uh, you know, I've just I've gone so soft on being scared. I've always, always not been a fan of the jump scare, the haunted house. The dark ride, that kind of stuff. I like them if I can be 100% sure that I'm like safe and stuff, but I, you know, I'm just a wuss. Okay. I get it. That's fine. You want to judge me, but I don't like, you know, people jumping out at me with a chainsaw. It scares the shit out of me. Well, my daughter who's currently eight thinks it's just fucking hilarious to jump out from behind every corner and scare my wife and I, and I'm just going to say that my parting shot is kids. If you want your parents to be around for a long time, don't jump out from behind shit and try and scare them, okay? None of us are getting any younger, and I'm pretty sure that my ticker can't take many more blasts like this, okay? What a wonderful parting shot. (laughs) Uh, My parting shot is going to be a ring doesn't block a hole, ladies. If your husband loses his rig, uh, it's not the end of the world. And if you lose yours, you know, it can be replaced. Very good. All right, that's today's uh, episode of Sloppy Exchange. Hit us up on sloppyexchange at gmail.com with any show ideas, topic ideas. Check us out on Facebook and tell your friends. We want to grow this thing. Subscribe, like, share, tweet, twat, all that other stuff. I don't know. You kids, you kids in the social media. All right. We'll see you next time for another Sloppy Exchange. Peace.